That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. A rewatch of Batman v Superman that has finally reached minute 10. Soon to be 10 minutes down. Yeah. Steven, how do you feel about it? I, I feel great. I think it's it's a phenomenal 10 minutes. And uh, I think especially this opening really highlights the benefit of going through it this way. I think one thing, we keep on talking about this as a 180-minute expedition. However, I guess we haven't talked yet about... Do we plan on going through the uh, through the credits and doing a minute <laughs> on each on each section of the credits? Oh my um, gosh! Or we we will play that by ear and uh, once we get to that point. Yeah, wow, that'll be. You know what? I would suspect that our listening numbers would drop <laughs> way off when we got into the last. Geez, you know what? I was going to say how many minutes of credits are there even? But that is a question. Got to be like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, that is a mystery that may be solved, may not, maybe not. Uh, we will see. However, before this, if you had told me that the first ten minutes of Batman v Superman really informs Bruce's character, I would think that you were speaking like loosely. Mm-hmm. But we are about to find out that the first ten minutes. It's kind of inform everything that this version of Bruce Wayne is. Yeah. And each minute kind of hammers a different aspect of that, too. It's kind of yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And where the first seven or eight kind of informed us about who he was and who he is, this last minute is going to close the book on who he's going to be. Mm-hmm. We hope that people will appreciate the imagery, the, I guess, the first official appearance of the Superman, and so much more coming at you soon in Minute 10. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. You're okay. All right? Huh? You know what? We're gonna find your mom. Where is she? We begin by killing all of the suspension. That we were left in wondering what Wally was going to say. And Wally replies to Bruce with a, you're the boss, boss, which I, I generally take as kind of reiterating what we were saying about Bruce being like an incredibly kind, you know, CEO. Yeah. Like he's like, it wasn't like, I think he called him Mr. Wayne. Right. But he, mm-hmm. but he doesn't treat him as like, he's clearly not like a board member. But he's also comfortable enough to say you're the boss, boss. Yeah. When his legs are smashed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as we learn, uh, as Bruce lifts the giant beams he's pulled out, that he, in fact, cannot f- move his legs. Yes, exactly. And that's actually, here's our, our Nolan callback of the week that I teased at the end of the last episode before remembering it's at the start of <laughs> of this minute. So how does how is this Batman different than um, than Christian Bale's? I always remember the um, Alfred. What are the, what good are all those bloody push-ups if you can't lift the log? <laughs> <laughs> and here we have Ben Affleck just lift this beam up off. I mean, yeah. he's, got, he's got some help, but like those things aren't sure. exactly light. Wow, I hadn't even. Thank you so much for shoehorning in that Nolan reference, Stephen. <laughs> that's that's the quality content our listeners have come to expect now. Oh, yes. Well, we got to find one every week, so. <laughs> well, with that, I guess taken care of. Well, he's kind of drug off as he's stating that he can't move his legs, and I guess we won't find out for a while, but that beam really did as much damage as it appears. Yeah, which is, is interesting because that's not something, that's not a rare injury to happen in movies. Like, people have stuff fall on their legs mm-hmm. all the time. 
I think this is the first time someone's I've seen a movie, not the first time, but the, the the most clear example I remember of something like that falling on somebody's legs. And when they lift it up, it reveals, yes, in fact, that did destroy that yeah. person's body. Normally, it's like this rubble falls and they clear it off and there's no puncture wounds or crushed anything. It's, yeah. um, it's like, wait, but how did that? Was there something in the right place to block it from smashing or... I don't this know. Is, I'm reminded of the uh, the the LB1 Anakin. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking Dooku of. Dooku fight where the massive platform is shoved down down Obi Wan's legs, and I'm watching it every time, thinking like his legs are just gone. <laughs> yeah, like he just got cut in half, or at least at, yeah. at like the le- the legs like at the thigh down. Yeah, and I just assume there's another piece of rubble that's slightly bigger than his legs on either side of his legs. Exactly. When yeah. That happens. Yeah. No such luck for Wallace. No. But a little bit more. Luck is Bruce spots. He's kind of been looking for someone to save, and he's found someone who he can save most of them. And now he gets the opportunity to save all of them when he spots a young girl about to be crushed by a falling cross. Yes, and that's also so we had is it the last minute um, that we had the first horse yeah show up, and now this is the first of uh, cross. multiple crosses. I think it's the first cross. We might have had one at the funeral. Oh yeah, but this would be the first um, like improvised cross, I guess. That's a subtle cross. Yes, yeah. Or is it not a subtle cross? That's that's. Is it too subtle? The, the core, yeah. Geez, really <laughs> ham-handed here, Snyder. But also, like, yeah. yeah is that even intentional? Yeah. Um, I I would assume in this case, going to Bruce's larger story, it would be meaningful here because his journey forward seems to be well i mean i guess my reading i'll just say of it is that he would walk away from this thinking his faith being shaken would would be an understatement right well and it's right there it's under that fallen cross where he looks up and sees superman for the first time yeah and so the cross falls you know the beautiful lie ends he looks in the sky and sees his new enemy jack's prayer did not save him mankind has been abandoned I guess would would kind of mm-hmm. inform Bruce's outlook here. I guess the only question would be whether he acknowledges that he has lost any faith that he used to have. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely more cynical. Like later in the movie, you get lines like, we've always been criminals. So the question is, we don't know exactly how, you know, Batman's always been a cynical character. So we don't know how much of that was present before this particular moment. But something fell um, at this moment, yeah. Yeah, and this this obviously, you know, we get Bruce running in to, to rescue this young girl who was totally oblivious to the fact that she's about to be crushed by a massive cross. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to point out that I had never noticed before, and I noticed only because I'm, I'm going kind of frame by frame here, but have you ever noticed that Bruce looks kind of like Superman when he plucks this girl out uh, from under the rubble? No, I have not noticed that. Okay, because he is in a his shirt never looks more blue than it does when he's running to, to grab her, and the girl is holding a red sweater, and the second he makes contact with her <laughs> he has her tucked on one arm and he's running out from under this, and the, the sweater just flies up perfectly. Oh. That if you were half looking at the screen, all you would see is the blue and the fluttering of the red behind them as they as they dive out and i would say that that's me inventing that myself but like maybe but you with this movie and with exactly you've got a question now why is that girl holding a sweater why is that why is the sweater the perfect shade of red and i guess the question to me then 
when you spot that, the first question for me is whether or not that matches a comic book panel for Superman that we know of. You know, I guess we're not going to go look for it in the middle of this minute, but that'll be, you know, if anybody, I guess on Twitter wants to shoot it over to us if they know know what we're talking about and it it does look familiar. Yeah. Or if um, I would encourage anyone to to kind of spot that, whether it's intentional or not, it's it's a moment I love because it is Bruce at his most heroic moment, you know, like everyone in the theater cheering like, yes, like save the little kid and and the the little color that there is is so punctuated by the rest of the screen just being that white of the rubble. Yeah, well, and part of why I kind of assume that probably that's intentional and matches a another panel is because that sort of thing happens. The one that comes most clearly to mind is in Justice League. I believe it's during the tunnel battle when Flash is running around the tunnel and he trips and his his lightning like strikes right behind him. Right. It's yeah, the yeah. same shot as Superman getting what, getting hit by the nuke in. Yeah, he's um, kind of like Batman tripping Return, or the Dark Knight the Returns. Flash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes that kind of like a mangled, almost like he's going ragdoll. Mm-hmm. And I and I know for a fact that that was intentional. And it, I don't think it has necessarily some huge deeper meaning in that instance or in any of the instances. Some of them are just you know this is a cool shot and so let's use it. It's but, cool It's cool because you wouldn't spot it right, until it's exactly. pointed out to you, right? It doesn't shout. Well, and it's one of those things that is, is it necessarily in there because it's a callback to a, a famous comic book moment, or is it in there because it is just comic booky and it's just an Easter egg from a panel that he liked and he found a way to work it in? The best that Superman gets in, in this scene is Bruce's sweater kind of looking like a cape fluttering behind. The one thing I have to point out, which was like the most crushing for me to realize after we've been discussing everything that we have, is that Bruce gets this little girl safe and the first thing he says is, you're going to be all right. You know what? We're going to find your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that that Bruce's first thought is always, you know, or, or I assume his first thought is always, this kid needs their mother. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, it makes it so much sadder Mm -hmm. because he's been without both his parents obviously but it would drive home a lot of the scenes that are to come between Bruce and Superman Bruce and Superman's mother Mm -hmm. you know just a lot of the the input that the first words out of his mouth when he finds the kid as it would be for a lot of people if not most people right is we're going to find where your mom is she tells him that her mother has been also killed yeah. Well, and that's a moment that I, it's one of those moments where I try not to think too much of the, the logistics also, <laughs> because I don't know, I feel like it's it's probably more of a nitpick, but you kind of start to pick apart how that moment kind of comes together. She's pointing, he says, where's your mom? And she points up to this burning building. What was happening when her mom died and why, how does she know she's up, the mom was up there, yet she's down in the street. Was she supposed to be part of that school group? Oh yeah. I assume she was one of like the daycare kids. Yeah. Who, you know, mommy's up there. Like the, you know, the typical, like, where does your mommy work? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Right? Okay. Like point at the building and she's almost like, she's not pointing like at the base of it. Like she's pointing up where there is no building anymore. Right. And her face seems to like recognize enough even of what she's saying, like that is the point at which she starts crying. Mm-hmm. It isn't like, you know, Bruce needs to say, oh, y- y- your mommy's not there anymore. Or something like the girl pointing is like. She knows. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. that's why she starts crying and then Bruce instantly hugs her because he also recognizes it. And then right when we have the echoed, here is another child that he thought was saved 
who actually has now lost their mother like he lost his. And then like right on cue, the sonic boom of Superman and Zod entering the atmosphere. And I didn't notice it until this time that the the sonic, the like three beat of the sonic boom leads in so beautifully to the to that blasting score coming up of the kind of most oh, yeah. cold, like aggressive Terminator-esque <laughs> mm-hmm. Batman theme. I guess like one of Bruce's themes when he's hitting rock bottom, I guess, in terms of uh, the morality of what he's kind of committing himself to do. Yeah. It's at that point that we get one of the more memorable clips from the Man of Steel trailers, for me anyway, was the the wreckage falling like a meteor shower. And then we get, I think, a second before the 10-minute mark, we get our first look at Superman as a shape. Mm. I guess this is the introduction that a lot of people would have had to the Superman, a shape with a cape pushing Zod. Well, and you know what's ironic about you said he's falling with the the wreckage with Zod. You know the other irony I didn't realize until um, until this watch through. Do you remember what that wreckage is? Oh, the satellite. Yeah, that's the the Wayne Enterprises yeah. Easter egg in Man of Steel. So I don't know if Bruce is looking at him like that bastard got my satellite <laughs> too. <laughs> but I just got this alert on my smartwatch while yeah. I was hugging this girl that my satellite has been destroyed and damned if that isn't it. Yeah, he got Jack. He got this girl's mom. Yep. And now my satellite. Oh my gosh. Heartbreak. Yeah, and that's just kind of a fun, uh, the way the, the whole thing kind of lines up. It's just ironic that like the one, the most prominent moment in, uh, or Wayne moment in, yeah. in Man of Steel just happens to line up with the moment Bruce Wayne decided to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really do. This moment kind of drives it home the most for me almost is that I went back and watched Man of Steel for for that scene and and like slamming Zod out of the building, him coming down in the wreckage and actually starting to take the fight to Zod a little bit more. Like I'll never watch that scene again, right? Because I'll, I'll remember this is a moment where I was happy that Superman was fighting back. And then we get this utterly horrifying look at it from the ground level as we've just been shown one building that fell and it has, mm-hmm. you know, killed countless people and parents then in the background of that shot of superman there are just buildings being annihilated yeah that he you know even by the wayne satellite that makes it so much more (laughs) poisonous for bruce and even the nature of it that he sees is you know what will be referred to later as hurling thunderbolts right is this is like the sky is falling right i mean there this battle is is making total ruin of of every even the tallest skyscrapers in the city yeah well and it just continues that you know this first 10 minutes is all about things falling uh, things on earth <laughs> yeah um god god no is more... dead god is falling we got uh I, I meant to point out we even got an insert shot between the cross falling and the girl being saved of the cross falling on us like yeah. we were shifted to the perspective of this looming cross coming to kill us along oh, with it. Oh yeah, yeah. The buildings falling, Superman's falling, the the satellite wreckage is falling. The cross is yeah. His his faith in in the lie. Yeah. Well, and that's a good setup for um for one other thing that I I noticed in my research. I'll call it for for this episode is that this little girl is played by actress Ripley Sobo, and the girl's name. The character's name is Sage, which for people has two interpretations. I found it really interesting and I don't want to go too deep into it, but I also don't think you name a character Sage 
without taking into account why that or is or at all instead of um, metropolis girl <laughs> yes where you know where is your mommy where girl whose mommy is going to be found girl whose mommy used to work there pointing girl yeah when it has two two obvious interpretations the first would be a sage or like sage uh, wisdom or advice referring to either the person who gives guidance or uh, the quality of guidance that is given to kind of inform people who are facing a dilemma, mm-hmm. right? That, that it's going to give them a new – it's going to give them an answer. It's going to give them a direction. It's going to give them the solution that they are looking for to kind of set them on a path that they're supposed to be on. The other meaning would be sage, meaning the actual grass, in case anyone doesn't know. It's, I think, all through Native Americans, North America, top to bottom, interspersed, people use sage in uh, smudging. It's used to... This is where it gets interesting for, for me because it is used... I think the first thought that comes to mind is it's used to cleanse. Yeah. And it's kind of like to get out the negative, mm-hmm. to get out the bad, which would almost work against what we're seeing here. Mainly because it is used as a part of a spiritual exercise to make a new start, like to make a, a, a fresh beginning oh, to with okay. uh, with clarity, let go of baggage and, and start with a new direction. And in some cases, even used as a drug, maybe psychoactive would be pushing it too far. But there is there are side effects related to types of sage that kind of create a new state of being in a person and whatever side you or you know path you want to pick there i think that the main idea that i that i've kind of arrived at in this character being sage and it ending with bruce you know meeting her and holding her close is it is supposed to put people on it's supposed to give them clarity and give them focus and give them purpose and we've already kind of talked about how this scene you know like the appearance of the horse has kind of spoken to this is a a transition Mm -hmm. for bruce right he's coming into it as the man he was who we only kind of got a glimpse of and he's going to be coming out of it a different kind of person so i think that having something that represents no matter how you interpret it something that represents having a clear cleaned precise focused path forward Let's just say like for at least the person going on it feels like the right – this is going to be my mission that he comes out of it I think is is very cool. I don't know if that is what is truly intended but again – Yeah, uh, but like you said, it's fascinating that she has a name at all and given that she does have a name, it's it's not pointing girl and it's not like Jane or something. Yeah, it's, and it's, even name her – to name her sage of all things when the only thing that she does is point and say – this thing killed my mother. Well, and at that moment, that is that is the inflection moment for Bruce. That's when the music comes in. That's when he... That's when I think of... Later in the movie, you have Alfred's speech. We have... I think it's the yeah. intro to every episode. The fever, the rage that turns good men cruel. Like, He's that's not the, hearing it anymore. That's the look on his... Yeah. Like, on his face that I think of when Alfred talks about. Like, that's the moment being referenced. And so it's sort of like an eyes... He thinks his eyes are being opened or his he's being enlightened about his place in the world. Like, we can't say for sure that Bruce named her. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like he would be tempted to because from his perspective, right, the assumption would be that that influence in his life would say, okay, all of this bad stuff happened to you. It's done. It's in the past. We're getting rid of it. Everything that happens now is totally free from that. You are creating something now positive that is meaningful, purposeful, and focused, and you just need to keep moving forward. And that is like probably there's a lot of like self-delusion 
that obviously it goes on in Bruce's character. And I think it is, it's really cool that I never really had a point to uh, connect that to. And now I always saw him, you know, hugging the girl and then looking up into the sky and then we get his face and it is like, oh, this is, he has given a name to his pain. And that yeah. name is Superman, right? Right. So to, to add on that layer of we are given a like meta textual confirmation that like, yes, this is the thing that he is thinking is what is finally putting him on the path that he's meant to be on. Mm-hmm. Well, as we go forward, I think I will echo back to remind myself of this. Whenever he's doing things that are questionable, he's obviously still thinking of this little girl would have died. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we let's inject cross in there. God was not going to save her. Mm-hmm. I did. And as I was doing it, there were these gods up in the air that didn't care, didn't even recognize that any of this was happening. Right. And if I want to save more than just this girl, then I have to stop the gods from exactly. the collateral damage they're causing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that was a phenomenal pull out there. I was I was very uh my my curiosity was peaked and then I enjoyed this this moment of the movie, which I already enjoyed really a lot because mm-hmm. I totally buy this Bruce Wayne glare, you know, that he's going to devote every fiber of his being to ending right. this. Well, and especially after that, the curiosity, like you said, of the movie opens and before we see anything, we hear him and we're wondering where is he coming from with that monologue? Yeah. Which version of Bruce is that that's that's talking? Is is it in the moment or is he reflecting back on it? And what does it even mean? This is not a version of Batman we've really seen on the screen before. And then you get to this moment and you kind of understand what he what he meant about things being fallen and diamond absolutes being destroyed. But that will do it for this minute. Uh, do you have anything else to add? No. Um, this is a – we've had up to this point every minute has been – most of them have been strongly punctuated. And we commented last episode that we're starting yeah. to get sort of looser punctuation. And so now that we're 10 – this is 10 minutes, right? So we've just finished our 10th minute. And I think moving forward, there is a, a pretty significant transition in the pacing of the movie. And so I think we're kind of coming to the, the close of these first minutes. And so having broken it down by the minute and talking about the way it's pacing i think it's kind of really cool i feel like they it feels like a very intentional 10 minutes like they said we need to introduce batman and what he's all about and we can't spend you know that needs to be compartmentalized into the beginning of the movie so people know what's going on yeah and um and so the fact that it's exactly 10 minutes up until the closing of this moment yeah each of those minutes is punctuated into the next one by some sort of specific action like there were 10 moments yeah exactly that we were gonna have with bruce i yeah i never the the kind of appreciation i have for the, this opening and just kind of how how much like clockwork it functions is greatly uh, expanded by uh by having broken it down this way yeah well and we will leave it there as the clock ticks over into minute 11 10 minutes and one second i think we come back to bruce whose eyes have suddenly locked onto the thing that he needed more than anything else in that moment and we'll leave it there until we get to the next minute. But that'll do it for now. I hope that uh, we've encouraged other listeners to kind of investigate, I guess, every other character's name in this movie. <laughs> I can't promise that all of the searches will be as rewarding. No, but we have to check now. After this one, there's no way I can't check every single extra's name. Exactly, yeah. While we move to the topic of... Oh, I No, I can't say... No. You, That's too cruel. Are you trying to do a Jimmy transition? Well, just say, it's just like how in the theatrical version, you had to go hunting through the credits to find out that the name of the journalist who was shot is Jimmy Olsen. Miss Lane! 
Miss Lane. Jimmy Olsen, photographer. You! Come on, no, no! No! It's okay, Lois. Ela and Tuntarayan and Aqua General. Ile Turagat in Nada Kagatana Tim. 